Ah, hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on episode 199, I was very privileged to have Anka Trifan on the podcast. <laughs> uh, this lady, I have to say, is a joy to speak to, a joy to have on the podcast. Uh, yes, uh, she is a technical events producer. Uh, like Some of her fun titles are founder, creator, podcast host, and AV Unicorn. I've got to say it was a joy to speak to her. The last 10 minutes of the podcast, mm, uh, she is slightly out of control, but fun to have on the show so sit back enjoy the show uh please subscribe and yeah let it begin <laughs> hello my friends hello my life warriors wherever you are in the world welcome to the day in day out podcast Woo! today on episode <laughs> 199 i am very privileged to have Anchor, uh, Trifan, on the podcast today. Now, <clears throat> I come with a drum set, and yes, apparently she comes with a drum set. This is like, look, I'm like, I'm gonna say this to to you people right now. I don't think I'm gonna have any control over what this lady <laughs> does. Uh, like, yeah, she seems to be a little bit of a wild talent, uh, to say the least. Look, apart from being a wild cannon, uh, like she is a technical events uh, producer uh, like not some other fun titles she has is founder creator podcast host av unicorn and yes mischief mischief in a can in a human size can how are you today my lady thank you so much for having me on this is already gonna turn into a fun conversation i can feel it and uh, it's exciting to be here. We just, uh, I just learned that um, we actually share some common ground. You're from London, I'm from US, and we've both been in our, you know, neighborhoods, and it's fun. Yeah, let's see where this conversation takes us and go from there. <laughs> no, well, I'm not too sure where this conversation will go, but you know what? Hey, here we are, here we are. Like, you know, like this is the thing, one of the things with yourself being in events how long have you been doing uh, the events game so my journey actually starts all the way in radio back in high school i've done a couple actually it was more like three or four years of radio mm. and throughout college so that's where I would say is the genesis of, of my passion for audiovisual and learning sound because um, I was a DJ. I had a few shows in my local um, town where there was like one radio station that was just, just doing a lot of fun stuff and techno was our top, you know, <laughs> listening show. And it was just fun, super fun, right? I mean, you're from Europe. You got to love some techno. I just imagine they were rocking on, you know, something. Gigi D'Agostino or whatever, uh, mouse, dead mouse. But um, so that's where I started. And then when I moved to US right after college, 
I realized that, or at least I had this insecurity about my accent at the time that I wasn't going to go into radio. I didn't think podcast was a thing at the time I should have, and who knows where I'll be right now, right? And uh, instead, I was like, okay, I'm going to pursue something that I still love from that, and that was my passion about sound. And I started uh, pursuing um, an education in sound engineering and um, getting hired as super entry level with a production house at the time and just learning everything like hands-on uh, how do you wrap a cable how do you you know EQ a microphone how do you EQ a room how do you ring a room like all those things that normal you know sound engineers and audio technicians do and I just learned from the ground up everything I could I was like a sponge just like sucking information and knowledge and asking a lot of questions and just wanting to know you know if I was going to pour myself into something, and that's sort of like my philosophy. If I'm going to pour myself into something and give it my time, then I better go in it 100%, like full steam. And people that know me, they know that if I'm going to do something, I'm just going to do it with like the whole passion. Like I don't give anything uh, away. I, I'm either all in or I'm just not in it. Like I, there's like, you can't get me to do anything if I'm not going to put my heart into it. And, um, so that's how my uh, production world like experience expertise started. I've done a lot of shows in LA. I end up mixing a few A-lister bands, and uh, uh, some of them have been like uh, super cool. You know, we were in a situation where we were hired to do a um, the 50th birthday bash for Cristiano Digier and. If you know your listeners don't know who that is, he used to be an icon fashion designer. He came up with the Ed Hardy line and a bunch of other fashion lines. And he had this huge major 50th bash and uh, he invited like Michael Jackson. This is during that time, right? Like Michael Jackson was still alive. <laughs> And a lot of other uh, celebrities that Fergie and Britney Spears and Hollywood, U2, and who knows, you know, a bunch of bands that uh, were just there. And it was just, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to just be mixing for that crowd and do, you know, do your best to, um, to provide them with entertainment and fun and and also for yourself like I'm like I can't believe I'm actually just rubbing shoulders with Britney Spears like this is unbelievable I come from a small town I mean when I moved to US I never saw a tall building in my life when I moved to US I never saw a person of color in my life I there's so many things that I've never done I've never seen and this was my in my I am 20 and I'm in a brand new like completely different culture and country and experiencing things that I've never done for 20 years right so it was definitely it's like from there to here it's like a huge range of <laughs> experiences and growth because let me tell you you know coming from a small town to like new york it's quite a shocker <laughs> yeah but because like this is a thing okay new york okay let's go with new york okay right now did you drive into new york or did you come in via the bus or train um, I was hiding in a ship container. It took me two weeks to get here. No, just kidding. I did not. No, no, I flew into JFK. <laughs> oh, immigration's at the door. <laughs> it's like a, 
Uh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, 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 no. Um, so I honestly, it took me two and a half years um, to raise money. So this was my goal. Like I remember I was 14 and I had a statue of Liberty um, like taped on my um, closet door mm-hmm. as almost like, you know, before there was like visual um, I don't know what they call them, like, you know, manifesting, whatever, people going crazy, vision boards, right? Um, I had this image of the Statue of Liberty, and I just knew I wanted to see it. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I mean, we come from a poor family. I'm the oldest of 10 children that my parents had to raise. Like, you don't, you're not rich when you have to raise 10 mouths that you have to feed in a third world country. So I worked my ass off to raise money, friends, family, working odd jobs, working everything I could, selling CDs. I mean, come on. I was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get myself what I need to, whatever it takes, whatever, how long it takes. So that was sort of like my 14 to uh, almost 20 um, goal. (laughs) So I bought myself a ticket end up in um, New York with a hundred-ish dollars in my pocket. I think it was up to close to 150. And I'm in New York and now I'm like, okay, so I need to get to New Jersey because I had like a summer contract job at Six Flags at the time. And I'm like, how do I do that? Like I need to get to, I guess, the train station. So I'm staying at this hostel, whatever, like where people sleep, all of them in one room. I mean, at this point, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get killed, raped, all the things in this room right here. If I didn't die in Romania, I'm going to die here because, I mean, who are these people? Why are they allowed to sleep in the same room? <laughs> nice. No, put this way. Yeah, no. New York, like, yes, if you haven't done New York as, like, a broke sort of backpacker, like, yeah, it's totally different to New York when you have a little bit of money. I'm but- I'm. A, I'm a- I'm a five foot two little girl. Like, I mean, seriously, like I have a backpack on my back. That's all I've got. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get like every like stuff is going to be stolen. I, I don't think I slept that night. And I remember calling, um, asking the front receptionist to get me a cab to get to um, to the um, the train station, the Grand uh, Central Station. And they gave me a limo. I kid you not. Oh. It cost me freaking like, I don't know, like 60 bucks out of my like 150 that I've got. And I'm like in style. <laughs> I am writing in style in New York, but I'm, I mean, the money is just ticking away. <laughs> but this like, look, $150 in New York City is let me just say it's just nothing seconds away from being nothing yeah i mean even 20 years ago it was still like close to nothing right so yeah that's like my story of learning the way of the american life and then i get to uh grand central station and i crawl in the corner because there's a lot of um humans there of all kinds of places of all kinds of origins and i'm like I don't know what I'm doing here. I think I just made the biggest mistake of my life and I'm prepared to die. Might as well say my prayers. Let me make one more call to my family and tell them, hey, if you don't hear from me ever again, it's just know that <laughs> I I really try to live a good life. <laughs> it's like a, it's like, oh no, oh no. But like, this is the thing. Like, 
I have to say, look, with like, okay, from the age of 14, like putting a, like a picture of the Statue of Liberty up on your door and like, I, okay, one day I'm going to get there. Okay, look, and you're coming from a, develop, a developing country, say. Right. And like, yeah. So you hustle, you bust your ass just to get things, uh, basically just to get a plane ticket to get out there. Yep. Like, how how on earth did you manage to maintain like yeah like seven years of focus and determination like there must have been times where it must be like i'm you, why am i doing this why i i don't know i all i can tell you is that's how i'm uh, made that's how i'm manufactured that's how my brain works and to this point if i have a goal in mind like right now my my goal is before my 40th birthday next year, I want to be in the best freaking shape of my of my life. Like when I'm when I'm lifting weights and I'm going to the gym like a maniac because that's my goal. And my my trainer today, she was just telling me it's like it's okay to stop and celebrate. You just lost like 6% of body fat in the last 2 months. Mm-hmm. It's okay to celebrate this, you know? I I'm made of like no this is my goal. I'm looking forward to my goal. I got to reach my goal. Once I reached it and I checked it, I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> In oh. the meantime, I am just focused on on that, right? So I guess that's how I'm made. I don't know how to tell you. I don't need motivation. I don't need self-motivating quotes. I don't need any of that. It's already in me. I have this drive that, that basically it's innate and I'm just going to go for it. Um, so that's kind of like what happened, like even, you know, as a 14-year-old, I knew I wanted to get there. I didn't have the whole map and the whole plan and the whole like, oh, this is the journey and the steps and, the you know, along the way, you're going to hit this bump and you're going to do this. No, I'm just going to keep going one step at a time, right? And I feel like for a lot of people, what they need to do is just keep in mind that, all you need to do is like put one foot in front of the other today and then do that again tomorrow and then do that again tomorrow. And then eventually you will get, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that you're not going to have bumps along the way. I'm not saying that the journey might not take you left and then right. Cause I mean, again, I got to New York. I have not, can I tell you the kicker? I have not yet seen the statue of Liberty. <laughs> Wait, you I've seen it from afar. But I've never actually went close to it because once I got there, my next step was like, okay, so I'm here. I'm imagining that I'm seeing the Statue of Liberty, but I've also gotten out to fend for myself. Like I'm in a country that nobody's just going to hand me anything and I need to figure out how am I going to sustain myself? So how, like, what am I going to do next? Right? I just pay 60 bucks on a limo ride. <laughs> I need to. You're mad. Hey. Limousine, did, like, you didn't like go, hey, you know what? This is before Instagram. I should have at least Instagram the moment, right? It's like, look at me, I've arrived. Oh, yeah. <laughs> money, money, money. Ah, oh, no. It's like, yeah, darn it. Yeah. Put it this way, I've got to say this. Look, at least you made it to New York. Like, I, like, I have a guest, like, I consider her a friend now, named Crystal. Okay, she is a like she was a performer on the Lion King, and like this is very, very cool. like yeah, 
she was like auditioned over in uh, I believe it was Barbados and like it was like yes her goal was to get to New York but she was like I'm going to New York I'm going to New York she was meant to do like performing arts in New York City ended up in Canada and it was like okay from Canada she went back to Barbados and like she was like I'm going to New York I'm going to New York. <laughs> wrong destination <laughs> it's like I gotta make it back <laughs> Even as she, like she went, like they were looking for people for the Lion King, and she was like, mm-hmm. "I'm going to New York. I'm going to New York." They auditioned and went, "Yeah, we love you. We want you to come along to join up." It's like, "Oh, yes, it's for the Lion King." Guess where? Guess New York. Where? No. No. London. So it's like. Ah no. <laughs> so, but see, sometimes the journey takes you in steps like it takes you in seasons different places like i mean for me i think that image of the statue of liberty really truly was new york was the idea of the american dream was this place where i can come and become whomever i want because there's not a lot of like cultural like baggage that is going to keep me back because honestly what i wanted to do and what i was able to do in my country were two different things and i knew that my ticket to freedom to being and embracing who i wanted to be was going to be away from there and yes it, it was a sacrifice i mean anyone that moved away from their country of origins without any family whatsoever they will tell you that it's not easy to come into a place and have absolutely no family no friends no one that you know and you have to build from there from the ground up and i'm also like super introvert at the time i feel like my journey into us took me from like a super no, introverted no. girl to like completely the opposite like now you can't stop me talking but that wasn't me back then you know i was super afraid i was super introverted i just insecure all kinds of things like everything that a someone from like again, like you said, a developing country kind of feels about like, mm. I'm lesser than all these people. And I need to prove my way into earning a place, you know, that one of the things I have to ask, because you just mentioned it, right? Okay. Is the American dream still alive? I think it is for whomever is working and hustling and dreaming today is still alive. Mm. Um, I think that you can still be and do the things that you want and the things that you dream about, uh, given, you know, enough work and effort and, um, and passion. I don't think it's just work. I think it has, you have to have a passion for something. I think whatever you pour yourself into, it's important that you do it, you know, with all your heart. And there's so many people here that, you know, I I feel like I feel sad for them because they don't have that vision. They get stuck into whatever a job out of college and they stay there because it's comfortable and because, well, it pays their bills, but it's not what they're like, 
in their heart there's a longing for doing something more and they just never give it like some time or some experimenting to see what is it like even if you don't know what it is that you want to do like i i don't think i actually grew up thinking that i'm gonna be a technical event producer mm. that's you know i just knew that i wanted to be something that is more that i was and it had to do with technology because I was very passionate about that from an early age. I was in computer science from like the fifth grade. We were basically the kids of the internet. We were raised on the internet. And I was trying to tell uh, somebody uh, that it's like, you know, like, I don't know why you're surprised that it's super easy for me to uh, navigate technology and production and everything because I was raised like that. Like, Fifth grade, we uh, even though we had probably nothing to eat on the table, we had computers and we were able to reach somebody else on a different side of the world. We had access to the Internet and we were raised to like to learn, you know, and do analytics that other people now they call it analytics. But where we were like watching processes and learning how to program things and do things mm. from a super early age, you know, so it's like, no, it's not a surprise. Uh, but I knew that that's what I wanted to be like an 18 year old in my country would dream to become a mother one day or get married to a really nice guy. And I was dating a really nice guy at the time, which even happened to have like one of those Mercedes like C-Class. I mean, come on, you don't date a, like a Mercedes C-Class guy in a developing country, right? I mean, I it could it. have been, I made it, right? But that wasn't my dream. Like I did, I, I'm like, no, I don't see myself married just yet. I don't see myself having kids. I don't see myself as a mom, as a wife just yet. I just don't. There's other things I want to do first. So unfortunately, that was not a happy ending of a relationship. <laughs> yes, or life would be very much different for you right now. Oh, totally. You have no idea. That's a completely different conversation altogether. But uh, yeah, it's just... You know, sometimes you just, even if you don't have the exact, I guess, GPS compass to take you to that one place in the future that you think you have to be at to be happy, mm. uh, having a passion for something that's going to guide you along the way. And you might start learning new things and figuring out that, oh, actually, like, for example, my love for podcasting, I didn't realize I had it, even though it was embedded in me from my radio days until later, you know, into my production years. And I'm like, man, why am I not doing this? I love, you know, I love the, the radio times. I, I love those days. Why am I not starting a podcast? I mean, that would be super easy for me. I have a freaking sound engineering background. I mean, it's not like I have to figure out microphones and setups, you know, like a lot of people do. Like, uh, that's just not going to be a challenge for me. But it took me a little I guess the timing of things is important as well, right? Like where you are in your life, the season of your life and all the other things that are happening. But um, I feel like I've kind of strayed away from whatever the question you were asking me, the American dream. That's right. Yeah. I think it's still well and alive, but you've got to pursue it with some passion and put your heart into it. Mm. It's not going to be given to you. That's for sure. Absolutely. No. And I think anyone who thinks anything can be given to you in this world, I think they're deceiving themselves in some regards because like, or they're not, if it is given to them, they're never going to truly appreciate it because they exactly. put in the work or the effort. And yeah, that 
opportunity will be squandered. Now, yeah. I am curious, like, what would, like, when you, like, basically, aren't, like, now, big balling, limousine driving, like, all the way to, like, yeah, Grand Central Station, like, uh, yeah, just, like, walking in, I've arrived. What was some of the first, like, what were some of the things you'd say you would learn the most over that summer, being in Six Flags? Because <laughs> that is, uh, how can I say, depending where you are, it's going to be hot, long, and tiring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Baptism through fire. <laughs> um, there's this other story that I want to tell from that time, just to give you a little bit of a insight of what that could look like. Well, obviously, you are working seven hours a day, 12 hours every mm. single day. Like you said, in the sun, just doing the same random, you know, repetitive thing. Super boring, right? I mean, that that would have crushed your soul if you thought that you arrive on U.S. soil and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. For me, I knew that's just a stepping block. I knew, you know what, I can put up with a few months of this, three months, whatever, and might as well have some fun, you know, get to know some people and actually make some really good friendships back then that I still keep to this day, which is so crazy because like I, we just met strangers that we happened to all share a room. I think it was three or four of us girls and we all came from different countries and uh, there's like from Russia and from like Lithuania and Croatia, like just super like random places that otherwise I would have never gotten a chance to actually know them. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this place, um, as I was just doing the same thing, and I just tried to also have some fun, get to know some people, uh, maybe take one day a month to actually go and enjoy, have some of the, you know, do some of the rides. I'm like, I'm here, might as well, you know, uh, which was super fun. But there's this time where, so I needed to apply for my social security number, because uh, again, I'm like fresh off the boat, and I need some papers, and I need to like sustain my status, right? And um, we needed to go, uh, take a few buses away from whatever the because i mean six flags is sort of like in the middle of nowhere you know if you're in new jersey uh, i'm not sure if there's still a six flags in new jersey but it was just to be like surrounded by forest you're like in a forest somewhere on the map and we need to drive or take a bus to to some location a few hours away to apply for uh, for a social security number and then um, wait for it to arrive. So we do this, like we take all, like three or four of us, we take a day off, you know, which is gonna cost us some money, like minimum wage, but still, it's a lot of money. <laughs> and um, take the buses and we make it to the uh, office, the social security office, fill our paperwork, do all of the stuff. And I think it was, I think it was probably by the time with all the wait, it was somewhere around 3 p.m. And we realized that we still have a little bit of time before the next bus comes. So, and there was a grocery store right next to it. And we're like, oh, we need groceries. I mean, we're fending for ourselves. You know, we're making food. We're, we have those like co-sleeping, you know, apartments, but we still have to make food. And we had a tiny kitchen, all that. I'm like, uh, we're here, we're actually on our day off, we better get some groceries, you know? So we're thinking, I mean, we're gonna take the ba bus, so might as well fill up. So we end up, all of us, we end up with a bunch of like plastic groceries, um, uh, heavy bags of, I mean, gallons of milk, a couple of gallons of milk, meat, I mean, everything you need, right? To just sort of like carry you through the week into, you know, your next day off. 
And um, so we do all of this and we don't realize that we actually missed the bus. So we get to the, we get out of the grocery store. We just missed our bus by five, five minutes, just went. This is 5 p.m. At this, at this point. And we're like, well, so when is the next bus? Oh, there is no other next bus. This is a small, uh, uh, you know, station and yeah. the last bus was 5 p.m but there is another bus in the next like whatever town over you know uh you just gotta walk to it so we're like oh my gosh what are we gonna do like that bus is gonna be around 6 p.m we better get busy and start walking so here we are and we're like okay so what way do we go right so we're thinking okay the straighter most i mean an straightforward to us way is like on the freeway <laughs> on the side of the freeway grocery store like grocery bags gallons of milk oh no no it gets better so we're just walking on the side of the freeway people thinking like uh, uh, homeless yeah. people on the side of the freeway i mean you kind of see that a lot it's like what's <laughs> happening with these people we're walking but then it starts downpouring raining like this is New Jersey. You guess I'm downpours, right? We're still walking on the side of the freeway in downpouring rain. And I'm like thinking, I cannot let go of like my bread. And I mean, the bread is not that heavy, but I'm talking about my gallons of milk. Like I need my vitamin C. I can't just dump this because I just paid like, I don't know, $3, whatever on this gallon of milk. I need it. Like I can't get rid of it. It cost me, I don't know how many hours of work, you know? <laughs> I am not leaving this milk behind. I am gonna, I'm committed to carry it all the way to the next station. And so we did. So we end up actually making it in time to the next bus station, an hour of walking on the freeway with groceries in tow, in the rain, and then make it to our destination. Now that is determination, okay? Because anyone else would be like, screw this. This is like BS. This is stupid. Why are we doing this? <laughs> I no, you need to get back to you need to get back to Six Flags. You need to get back to work. Like, all I've got to simply say, if you didn't do that, yeah, all I, yeah. I don't know what what time the next bus would have been the following day, but mm. I have no idea. But at this point, I mean, imagine we could have slept under the freeway at that point. I mean imagine that right it's like oh my gosh i still remember though i think that was the one times in my life when i second guessed my choices when i was like what the hell am i doing i left romania i was known i was famous i was a dj radio whatever and everybody knew me i was getting letters by the like sack full like people were like adoring me and I'm here on this freeway getting like honked by crazy people carrying gallons of milk in the rain. Like what the heck? How did I get here? What the heck was I thinking? That was the one time when I was like, oh my gosh, this is probably the worst decision of my life right now. <laughs> so, oh my God, like, well, this is the thing. Like applying for your social security number, uh, like, okay, let's just say it was a memorable thing for you. Like, yes, gallons of milk and bread aside, but like, okay. So what, like, so where did you go after Six Flags? Was it like, 
off to New Jersey, New York, or did you? So I was I was working my ass off there to make enough money to buy my next ticket. So my goal, whatever minimum wage I was making, I was, I need to raise another, I don't know, $650. I think it was the next ticket to take me from there to LA. Um, LA, California was like, okay, that's my next destination. I, some of the girls that I was with, they're like, you know, there's actually quite a few um, FOBs. Like, you know, again, I'm fresh off the boat. that are in LA and I think you're gonna do well with like getting connected with this community. There's a few Romanians there as well. And so that's where, that becomes my destination, you know? And I'm like, okay, so that's my next destination. I need, plus it's like, who doesn't love California? I mean, palm trees and beach and sand and, you know, warm weather. I mean, come on, right? So that was, that was my goal. So I made enough money to actually, when, when I was done with the summer work, to get on the plane and get to LA. And it's funny because now that I think back and I'm like, I, I have definitely have some gaps in my memory because I'm not sure it's like, so I'm like, so what did I do? Like, did I end up like in LA or in Santa Ana? I know that my t- stomping grounds became sort of like Santa Ana, Tustin, yeah. like Orange County area. But I just can't tell you right now, like, okay, so I ended up in LA and then like, what did I do? Like, how did I end up from there into like, I think I might have made a connection with a friend that was living in uh, either Anaheim or Santana at the time. And that's how like, maybe they picked me up from the airport. I don't know. It's like, that's some sort of like the gray areas that, you know, you don't remember it much anymore because it's like non-memorable. I just remember that I ended up in LA and I saw the big LAX sign and I'm like, okay, I have reached my destination. <laughs> oh my God. Because, okay, you know what, like, okay, traveling from, like, traveling from Romania to New York and, like, going, yeah, and to Jersey, and then you're, like, going, you know what, I need to be further away from Romania. There's, like, like, yeah, (laughs) LAX. But the only way you could have been any further is if you just went, you know what, LA is not for me. Or maybe Anchorage. I'm just going to go to Alaska. Alaska. (laughs) Yeah, precisely. Uh, yeah, you would have been closer to Russia. Then again, you may have been closer going the other way around. But that is just, yeah. I don't think I was necessarily a running away uh, in that sense. I think I was just like, okay, I just need to find a community of people now. Um, I'm obviously new here. I'm obviously a very much uh, a stranger. And I, I need to figure out, like, what do I do? Like, how do you... Uh, thrive like how do you survive and let me tell you there's quite a few cultural bombs and and along the way that I hit and I needed to grow through and I needed to adjust and I remember like in my first couple of years like I had a really hard time adjusting to the culture it didn't come easy like it was something like you guys are from like a completely different planet like the way you like carry yourselves, the way you communicate, the way you like, I mean, I'm pretty straightforward, like normal, I think most of Europeans, they're kind of like straightforward people. I mean, obviously there's exceptions, but they kind of tell you what they think is like, okay, you know, this is white, this is black, and there's not a lot of gray in between. And I'll tell you, you know, exactly how it is. And I was like, super a challenge by this 
sense of like people don't really tell their minds. They don't really talk their minds. They don't really tell you what they really think. So now I'm trying to like read people and figure that out. And it doesn't come easy. And it doesn't, and I, I still feel like it's not necessarily a skill that I have necessarily perfected. You know, it's hard. Like it comes easy and natural to me to tell you, okay, this is how I feel about this. This is what I need. And how can we make, you know, this work for both of us? Mm. That comes like uh, straightforward communication. We both get together and we discuss and we slash whatever that it doesn't work out. But this like going around the bushes and trying to figure out like, I can't, like, it's too much for me, too much energy. Like, can we just say it as it is? So anyway, it was a very hard couple of years for me. I remember like being in my car and crying my eyes out and I'm not a crier. Like it takes months before I'm ready to do a good cry just to like load, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm not, I'm not sure why I don't fit here. Like, I just don't. So it was very important to me to, to come to a place where I acknowledge that there is a cultural difference and I have to learn how to adapt in a place that I, I didn't grow up in. I didn't, I don't have the same uh, background, even like, um, like tangents, like people would mention things is like just like socially you know oh you do you remember that cartoon we used to see when we were six no i grew up on like japanese cartoons you have no idea <laughs> like we don't we i have nothing in common with you like from that point of view like let's find another common ground uh that maybe it's like now present in you know in the present um so that was definitely challenging and then taking that farther than into business that was another you know almost like mountain to overcome right because again um i i came as a brand new out of college had no knowledge of like what it means to build your own business, what it means to actually hustle and go and get clients and, and, you know, learn all the contract, you know, and the lawyery stuff work and liability. Like, what does that even mean? Like I'm learning new words, you know, and all those things. It's like, I feel like if anything, it was like the most growth I've done in that season because I needed to put myself into such an out of comfort zone mm -hmm. constantly. And then even trying to make the right sound decisions without having any map, like without really like, am I making the right decision? Cause I don't have anything to bounce off of. Like, I don't know. And I think like the biggest thing for someone that's probably in a place where they're feeling like they're, you know, lonely in a place like that, maybe find a mentor because to me, I didn't think like I had enough trust to um, to go and find a mentor for myself, which would have been so much easier. I just, I had a lack of trust that somebody would have my best interest in mind because mm -hmm. I was always a fender for myself. I always like, I'm a doer. I'm going to do things for myself. I don't need anybody's help. So I'm going to do things the hard way, but that also meant doing things the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> and learning, you know, things the hard way, which maybe would have same, saved me some pain and heartache if I would have, you know, been a little bit more flexible in that sense, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Like, this is the thing. A couple of things. Look, one, I don't think you were running away. I think you were trying to find yourself. Uh, that's, that's my sort of main takeaway. 
because yeah. uh, you could have quite happily stayed in Romania. You said, as you say, you were famous there and die slowly a very slow oh. soul death. Well, like this is a thing. Like you would have, like you would have passed on. Let's say without really discovering who, like who you are and what your sort of true potential could be if you get or knowing myself i would have rebelled at one point and just like ran away somehow somewhere i don't know i just i'm not the kind of personality that i would be okay with just staying in one place hold on baby for too long without doing something about it it's just it's not in the fabric of my being i guess Mm. yeah and the second point is like you like like moving to LA, you've got to remember LA, like New York, it's two different planets. So like, yeah, where New York, where most probably people would be a lot more straightforward with you, LA, because you're going to have a lot of people who are trying to play that game of fame and get there, like get ahead. I don't think it's going to be as straight shooting because people are trying to watch what they say, how they behave a lot more because they're just trying to make that little next step onto the next and, kind of thing. And that's exactly something that I wasn't even aware of, right? So I'm learning as I go. But I feel like some of the um, some of the mercy and the grace that I received once I, lived, uh, I moved to LA was the fact that I, I, I got myself into a community of people like me, just, just they either have moved to us then or a few hours, a, a few years back, or they were raised in families that were immigrants and they had a concept of what that's like, you know? So like learning things, like even like, how do you apply for a credit card? Like, I don't have any history. Like, I don't have any financial history. Like, do how do you get a credit card? This, you know, and maybe you shouldn't get a credit card if you have no concept of like, a, you know, what finances are because you get yourself into a lot of trouble. But there's a lot of things along the way like that someone that's raised here, they take it for granted. They don't even think about it as being a question mark or a challenge, mm. you know, and having that community that uh, was sort of like we were all figuring things out and like bouncing ideas off of each other and learning from each other. It's like, oh, yeah, I found like a really good dentist, like go go there. Right. Because, yeah. again, I'm like, I don't have a dental plan and I just got like a super uh, bad, you know, um, uh, toothache. Like what what do I do? Like it's going to cost me like my whole month's income if i'm just going to a random dentist without any recommendations so i feel like communities are so important especially if you're brand new into a space and place that and that you just don't know anyone and again i don't i don't have any family i don't have anyone to just be like oh yeah i have someone to go and call on and they're gonna give me all this amazing advice no i had to build that for myself and and find the right people because i could have also gotten into a lot of trouble i mean let's be honest like people get into a lot of trouble because of their entourage and I've had questionable friends at times and they were like, you know, straining me into directions that I'm like, I, I don't feel right. Like, this is not where I sh- should be. Like, I remember ending up in LA in some clubs, like with some guys and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Like, it's not the lifestyle I want to live and I don't feel at peace here. I don't feel safe. Like, I need to like stay away from this. Like, this is not where I want to be right now, you know? So. Uh, it's super important, I guess, having that type of like, uh, 
what what is it like um i wouldn't say wisdom because wisdom is something that all people have like i'm still trying to get wisdom like i but just a little bit of that uh discernment of like what's good for you long term and what's not and maybe make the right decision and maybe like get yourself surrounded with the right people because again even if you're the like saint on the wall type of person you get into a crowd that all they do is like i don't know drinking partying and drugs I'm telling you, it's not going to take long before you become like that. I was like, what's that saying? Like, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are, right? So that's maybe some other nugget that anyone can take and just like look around yourself and tell me who your five friends are. And then that's going to tell me, you know, sort of like who, who you are as a person, you know? Mm. Yeah, like this is the thing with regards to what you were talking about with community. People forget about, yeah, having a good community around you. It can, it, community is not just about just being there. It's about helping support, helping people grow and like taking things forward from there. When it comes to a smaller unit of that, the team you surround yourself with, like, of like, yeah, yep. potentially take you down many different roads. It can lead you down to despair or it can lead you to greatness. Um, yep. It can lead you to like folly or it can lead you to like grace. It, yeah. There's so many things which come out of that. And like, this is a thing. And when, like, when you kind of like, when people like go, oh, LA, like, yeah, it's a case of, it's like people tend to look at it as a den of vipers. Uh, yeah. What you're going to get bit one way or the other. Now, I'm curious, like, from like, going from that sort of community, how did you sort of start getting your feet on, like, on the ground to say, like, go from that point to then rubbing shoulders with some A-list, high, like, standing celebrities, you know? I think uh, it's like each one of those, um, again, uh, friendships that you surround yourself with, um, can become a connection or um, something that can take you to uh, a place where now you meet someone that might be really relevant in your career. Um, my uh, my specific story, it was that at one point, I remember when I first got to LA, I didn't just get like my first sound engineer, like A1 job, like, no, no, no. I was cleaning offices. I was doing seating jobs, like babysitting jobs, whatever I could, like cleaning, like whatever the low jobs were available to an immigrant that has to go and get an education because my education from uh, Romania, which was computer science, didn't just automatic like transfer and like, hey, here's my diploma. Oh, sorry, it's in Romanian, (laughs) right? So, um. I had to figure out how do I transfer a lot of those credits and then go to um, to get more education for something that I was passionate about, you know, because uh, I ended up with like a uh, programming degree, but I haven't professed like one day in my life any <laughs> of it, right? Because it was just I end up with them like, okay, so there you go. It looks good on the wall. Glad. Good job. <laughs> now let's go and do something fun, you know. Um, I um, I remember actually sending a few letters of intent to um, a few different uh, production houses around um, um, in LA, Santana, of, of Fullerton, whatever that Orange County area, basically. Yeah. And I was like, okay, here's here's what I know. 
I can fix your computers. I can do a lot of like computer work. And, but here's what I want. I want to learn as much as I can about audiovisual production. I, I have very limited knowledge. Like I was in radio. I sure can cue slightly a microphone. You know, I understand a little bit of the concept because at this point I'm also like, pouring myself into books. I'm learning, like I'm the book nerd that learns how to do things, you know, that way before she has a chance to put her hands on things because uh, I didn't have the opportunity yet. So I sent a few letters and actually I, I um, heard back from one production house only and um, they were like, okay, well, actually we kind of need some help around uh, the office with some um, uh, admin and uh, updating our computers. So sure, like, why don't you, you know, come and work for us and then we'll figure out what happens. So that's where my journey like took me to this place. And then for the first time ever, actually I had a real job. Like I was getting a paycheck, you know, like, like week to week paycheck. And I was doing something that I was passionate about. I was like surrounded by a lot of gear. And yes, at first I was like cleaning it and organizing it and doing a bunch of inventory and repairing stuff. And again, it goes also back to like my childhood. I grew up in my dad's repair shop in so many ways. You know, my dad was an electrician and he always had this repair shop of like old radios and all computers and I mean stuff everywhere you know guys like they left to ticker and so that I was his assistant so I was like from an early age kind of like playing with that I wasn't like intimidated by it um, I blame it on um, on my father now that I don't know how to cook thank goodness I've been married to uh, the same guy for 13 years same sex, different positions, but he can cook and I don't have to. <laughs> so <laughs> I, <laughs> are you picking yourself off the floor? So I, and, uh, <laughs> same sex, <laughs> but he can cook. <laughs> he can certainly cook. Yeah, I don't have to. For me. <laughs> So I end up like doing that for a while before I was even able to go and be the sound engineer that I wanted to be, you know, and get to the level of understanding what that even means mm. to be able to run sound, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's step by step in the same direction. And sometimes it's like small steps, but it's if it's in the same direction, you will get somewhere eventually. At least that's the hope. Yeah, no, because like this is the thing, look. The amount, like, one of the things people always neglect with their sort of story of growth and everything like this, it's a case of, oh, yeah, I, I, I went to this place, I went to that place, and, yeah, I got fortunate and I got this job. But, like, when you're talking about, yeah, you had to do, like, yeah, one job, two jobs, three jobs, like, looking after people's, like, kids, like, doing, like, yeah, cleaning places, everything like this. It's hard work and graft what sort of got you where you were. And like people just forget the whole sort of journey because look, you could have been like, you could have been like, yes, I, I worked at Six Flags and yes, I had a good time. I had a good summer and yes, back to Romania I came and yeah, that's perfectly fine, but you know what I mean? It's I suppose it could have been an experience, but again, I was reaching for something so much higher. I needed to know that there's a purpose to all this suffering <laughs> <laughs> on the freeway in New Jersey. 
Carrying your milk and bread. Right, milk. My milk oh, and my, I've got the bread. I am good to survive I'll, another week. I'll, I'll have this milk. I'll have this bread. One day I'll find a man who will cook for me. He will cook for me. And yes, he, we will have children. And yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. All of that. All the fun stuff too. Yes. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a process. And I feel like sometimes... And I know for myself, like, I can be very impatient with the process. I can certainly want to get as soon as possible to whatever goal or destination I put in my mind. Um, and sometimes I forget to enjoy the journey along the way. And especially after, I guess, I've, um, uh, I've had kids and I have a, a, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, I have to constantly remind myself that it's okay to take it in strides and enjoy the day and enjoy the journey and not just hurry constantly being in a hurry to get to the next destination to the next goal and it's it's something that i'm learning as we speak how to do that you know well am i doing it perfect no i many times you know i have the mom guilt like i'm a doer i want to do business stuff i want to work like 15 hours a day if I can, you know, nobody can stop me. And it's worse now that you can work from home and really <laughs> like there is no stopwatch, you know. Um, but then I have to discipline myself to know that I only have this much time with these children in this stage of life. And if, you know, if all they see is me like work, 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 what kind of example am I for them? You know, like uh, all they're going to say is like, mom only had time for us on weekends or whatever. If I don't give them the time of day like that, you know, so it's a challenge. Is it easy? No. Um, I wish there is, you know, a, a, an easier way. I wish I could be the mom that just stays on the sofa for five hours and just like, I don't know, braids somebody's hair. I am not. <laughs> I'd rather hire, hire somebody to do it and maybe go and work instead. But I'm then trying to make up for those places, you know, with other ways, in other ways, in other things. Like my husband cooks, I can certainly satisfy him. We're a happy couple and it works. So it's like find a place where it works for you to like, again, we're not all perfect, never will be, even through our growth, you know, and we're still going to end the life knowing that there's so much that we can still be growing through and learning. But at least, like, be aware, I suppose, of the areas that you need to maybe adjust, learn, grow through, and adjust on those areas, like, try to complement some of that. So, I mean, it's a, I, I feel it is an awareness process, you know, because if you're never aware that you're doing certain things in a certain way, same pattern, then you're never going to change because, I mean, you don't see the need for it, you know. Mm. No, because like with, with regards to awareness, uh, with regards to how you've like gone on with regards to everything, it's for me as a person just meeting you now, just to having this conversation with yourself, it's uh, like, you've had to hold the mirror up uh, like and see the reflection of who you are on a regular basis because many people i would say they hold up the mirror then they put it down and then they like bury the mirror 
like far, far away and they walk away from it and don't really sort of get a true insight, a true reflection of who they are and how they can like what potential there is to help make them grow, which with yourself, I think you've had to do that again and again and again new environments new places new like new things you're doing and like yeah it must be sometimes difficult or scary to sometimes have a look in that mirror and go oh is that who i really am yeah but i think honestly for myself i rather realize myself um, Mm -hmm. that there's issues that i need to fix than somebody else having to uh, bring it to me and making me aware that way. I'd rather come to a place where I'm so aware of my shortcomings and knowing that I am working on, on, and again, I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect, but I am striving to do things better each day if I can and work on those areas where I'm struggling with. Mm. Uh, and I'd rather do that because I know I have to versus somebody like, you know, unpacking on you all those things because it's always so much harder and hurtful when it comes, you know, sometimes when that comes, unless you have a really good friend that can, you know, speak to you in like grace and like in love and like, hey, by the way, I've noticed a few things. And then it has to be a two way street. You can't just be the one that is constantly unloaded on and you have mm-hmm. no say in their life. Right. Um, but I feel like for myself, I'd rather like be so aware that there is um, there's little to be said from an outside perspective. And again, I allow my husband to speak into my life because again, we are a unit and there's things that annoy me to him even now. And I know I annoy the crap out of him on other things as well, but we're growing through all of this, right? Or some of the things were like, okay, like she's not, she's never going to change. It's just, just the way it is. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. And there's some things you're not, never going to change. So I might as well lower my expectation that that's ever going to happen, you know, but I feel like a lot of people can get into a lot of trouble when all they have is this expectation to change the other person, but they forget to change themselves, you know, to begin with. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, okay, like every, like everyone who, well, everyone should be evolving and growing. And if someone comes up to you who you've never seen for like, say, five, 10 years, 20 years and goes like, comes up to you and goes, you haven't changed a bit. That like, to me, that's like, oh, good God, no. And I said, good God, no. What do you mean I haven't changed? No, you're still the same person. It's like going, what? You mean all this life I've lived, all this time If you mean I have not aged one day, sure. I'll take it as a compliment 100%. But you don't know nothing about my life to make such a statement, you know, Mm -hmm. because you don't know anything, right? Uh, What you see here and there on social media does not count as... Uh, knowledge, sure, information, you know, and assumption, lowest form of intelligence. Sorry, <laughs> I can't take it as a face level, a face value, you know? Yeah, but you know, you've like everyone meets those, like, those people who do actually say, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I have the worst <laughs> ends. Like if when we, when we go to like Romania and we visit and they start like, you know, unloading on yourself all the things and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe she just said that. And she has no idea like what my life is like now or what it's been for like the last 20 years. I mean, at this point as an adult, I'm thinking I lived more 
uh, in U.S. than I lived in Romania. So I, there's a lot of things that I don't even identify with from my own culture. And there's a lot of mindsets that I'm so like removed from mm. that. And it's like a completely different person. The one that left Romania and the one that is now, we're talking about two different people, you know, it's not the same person. And yet people remember you as you were like 20 something years ago and think that that's, you're like a stamp in time that never changed. You didn't evolve or something, mm. you know? Yeah, no, because like, this is the thing, look, yourself now, look. You've been a sound engineer, now you're a business lady, mother, and yeah, like, hey, so I'm, many I'm more. starting to, like, it starts to get to my head, so I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I, I would go into your whole full repertoire, but I could see you, like, going. Yeah, it's not, it's, I know, I'm just starting to, like, oh, oh God, please, the accolades, please, please, please. Oh, no, 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 but please. Like, no, like stop, stop, stop. Why did you stop? I know exactly. Like, so how, like, what made? What was that sort of epiphanal moment? That life-changing thing that went, hey, you know what? Time to step out, become my own businesswoman out there. I think I've worked a long time for a lot of people in the industry doing a lot of the things that I knew that I'm fully capable to do on my own. And yet it's took another step of fate and out of comfort zone to step into, um, I was very afraid to get like to get started on my own because mm. I felt like I needed, I was kind of using all the support and the, uh, the connections I've made as almost like a crutch. Like I need these people to be successful. I don't think I can be successful on my own. That's so scary. Sounds so scary. So it took like a little bit of a, like, again, walking into fear, almost like you're suspending on this like string in between two buildings in the air and thinking, am I going to make it to the other side if I step into the void now, right? Because mm -hmm. there's only this tiny line that's going to, you know, carry me through and I need to follow it and I need to be so focused so I don't like topple over. So it felt like I needed to, again, get out of my comfort zone and do it. And it was, again, a lot of fear surrounding that decision because I, you know, as much as I've done a lot of things, I come from a culture that is ingrained in fear. And fear has been our motivating factor. Fear has been our, a lot of the things that as a country and through communism that we thrive and survive was because of fear. Like we were driven by fear in a lot of the things. So that has been sort of like in the back of my mind, like I had to do a lot of unearthing Mm -hmm. like mentally to be able to realize again where does all this fear baggage all of this where does it come from why is it a um, why is it stopping me from doing the things i want because i'm like i'm going 100 miles an hour in this direction but there's something pulling me back like i feel like i'm going like with that pool you know constant pool what is it so i had to do a lot of work in myself to get to the place where i'm like okay 
So this is what's holding me back. I need to figure it out. I need to get to the bottom of it. I need to resolve it so I can move forward. So once I did a bunch of that work um, and I was able to like, okay, so, hey, what's the worst that can happen, right? I mean, uh, I start my own business. I get into the void and I fail and then I start again. That's the worst that can happen. Like what else could it be so bad that I'm so afraid of, you know? So once I got over that mental block, you know, because in so many, so, so many ways, it was a mental block. Um, I was able to like, okay. And then sure enough, like the year that I started, like this was one of my most successful years and I wasn't doing anything different than what I've already done all these years working for other people. But now I was standing, like you said, you know, on my two feet, fending for myself. And the reality is, though, when you are your own boss, you can also be the worst boss you've ever had. <laughs> you know, working hard enough. Get out there. Get up. Get up. Go. I'm telling Go. you, there's definitely that pressure. There's a lot of pressure that you also like right now. I'm like kind of like in the place where I need to pull back a little bit to find a place of balance where I am, I know I'm capable to go a hundred miles per hour, but do I need to, should I, you know, mm. uh, it's okay to take it a little slower. It's okay to enjoy the ride along the way. And it's okay to like not work, you know, 15 hours days every day. Cause again, I'm like, yes, I'm working for myself. I do need to pay my own bills and I have all this, you know, things that I need to sustain and the clients I need to get to, but I'm also the boss of my own schedule. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, no, like this is the thing. Like, hey, I think one of the things where when people start businesses, they often forget the reason why they started it in the first place. Because like they go, oh, the trappings of wealth and stuff like this. Oh, got major success. Oh, I'm telling that person, I'm showing them. I can be better. I can be the one. And uh, when it's sort of like is a case of why did you want to like start your furniture bit? Yeah. I just really like love making furniture and I believe I can yeah. become the best furniture in the world. Like, yeah, why did you start your clothes business? Because like, yeah. I, yeah, why did you become an author? Yeah. Because yeah. And they just get caught up with the BS and they yeah. don't they forget the reason why. And I think if you can remember that reason why, and if it's a strong why, not a fuzzy why, uh, like I want to change the world. Well, let's get it in like small steps increments because that sounds like a major, amazing yeah, but goal, you, but yeah. how are you going to get there, right? It's like, going, yeah, I want to change the world. Okay, how are you going to do that? Just, I just want to change the world. I want to make it a better place. How are you going to do that? Um, I love people that are dreamers, mm. but I also love people that are practical. Like if you can find a dreamer that also is practical and you can combine them together and has the steps to follow that dream. Yeah. I mean, those are the most successful people because they not just have the vision and the dream and knowing that they're going to go and pursue it, mm. but they're going to also create the steps and the strategy and the buy side steps, you know, to be able to get to that direction. Because um, I feel like, you know, a lot of people can have amazing big dreams, but then how do you, like you said, implemented to get to the you know so to be successful to be realizing your dream you know yeah 
No, absolutely. And like, this is the thing, like, what were some of the steps you took to get, like, implement your current dream? Like, what were, what was the thing? Like, what was like, okay, what was step one, two, mm -hmm. three? How did you get there? So to begin with, I think one of the, um, in, the in, in my way of business was from the, from the get-go, um, it was creating relationships. Mm-hmm creating the type of relationships that you know that if you work with, let's say, a specific event planner, you're going to work with them again next year. It might not be the same event, it might be something else. They might not even be working for the same company. Yeah. But because you have the relationship, you know they're going to think of you when they moved on to be with. And event planners in our world, they kind of like, if they stay with the company for a long time, that's very awesome. It's successful. But most of them, they're kind of like on a rotation, like one, two years, especially if you're a nonprofit type of uh, setup. Like you're always going to switch positions and uh, and change organizations so relationships was definitely like step number one for me and then step number two was like a branding like starting to create a a solid foundation of who Anka Trifan is and who what are my services and who's Trifan events and that became you know to be my brand and create branding around it before I was even ready to get like you know started on my own um on my own two feet, um, and that um, and that that kind of supported my vision and my dream of like, okay, I need to be there. But in order to be recognizable in the marketplace, there has to be something associated with me. There has to be something that takes people uh, in on this journey, and they know who I am. Because by all means, if I am basically removing myself from everyone else and everybody else's companies and brands and names. I'll stand on my own, but who am I in this, you know, event industry? Like I need to have something that is, um, supports that there is a foundation, right? So that was my, my second step. And then thirdly, you know, depends on the, the fabric of your uh, organization of your company, whatever you might need to put some financial, um, support in place, you know, to be able to uh, not pay yourself for six to nine to 10 to whatever, how long it takes to be successful and generate revenue. Because in the beginning, you might just be working and working and working, but not necessarily see a lot of that coming in because mm. you need to, you know, um, you need to get the jobs, get the clients and uh, perform um, and perform those jobs before you can get the new ones, right? So a lot of that uh, also happened during COVID, which in so many ways, I feel like it helped in the sense that it put us all in, you know, in this one uh, place in, um, in our own offices. And then we didn't have to drive places, we didn't have to go places, but then we had a lot of time on our own to connect with people. And now, the war, the whole world became, you know, like available because before, yeah, sure. I probably, uh, thought about connecting with someone on the other side of the world, but it was not really my priority mm. because I was like always busy with my network, whatever I was doing, where I was doing, you know? Um, but now I had the opportunity to, to actually get to know people that were, um, geographically nowhere close to where I was, you know, and I feel like that was such a, such a good experiment, such a good 
thing to start to learn and get to know people that otherwise you would have never met and learn from their experiences and um, and maybe, um, you know, bring them on board. Like I work with uh, a few contractors and freelancers that they're nowhere close to me. They're totally different places in the U.S. and I've never met them face to face. We're sometimes joking <laughs> that on like when you're on Zoom meetings, everybody has the same, you know, square and i'm thinking like okay so i think you're about six foot two i think i don't know but like you you're looking at me and like you don't know how tall i am so when we meet in person we're like oh my gosh you're like i don't know in my mind i thought you're like this tall or in my mind i thought you're like this short or whatever i don't know like you came across as being different because that's all you see, right? And uh, it was so funny to be like, oh, you're actually taller than I thought you were. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like on people like, on, I'm larger than light. That is, there you that. go. And it was just like a tall wild guess, right? So it was very um, intentional, again, relationship building and making connections and then and being even active, you know, on places like LinkedIn and social media and a lot of, um, and my podcast has helped a lot, you know, a lot of the leads that it generates brings me um, clients, like new people that I get to work with and connect with. And and again, I started that podcast, um, which is Events Demystified for anyone that's curious. It's a, um, it's a podcast. It's, I, what I like to call it is a tactical podcast for the event industry, for anyone really in the event industry, beginner, pro. And um, I love to interview uh, event professionals and local, national, global, whatever, and just um, have them share their story, maybe a few tips, learn from their personal and professional experiences. And with that, that was, again, very much a fun project, uh, a a project that um, I didn't even think I'm going to take it too far, but I was consistent with it. And just recently, actually, this month, it got featured in the podcast magazine in the technology issue, which is a big deal for a girl that uh, is in the event um, audiovisual production industry to have a podcast in the technology field, which is a big field, is a big deal. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, maybe I should go and get a drink later and celebrate, but... <laughs> In my mind, probably I'm already thinking about the next step, <laughs> next goal. It's something that it's again. It just started as so much fun, and those are the things that build yourself and your brand. Because again, it's not just Ankatrifan; it's the brand that I represent now, and I have to be aware of that. And sometimes, even like driving down the street. I have this huge like window decal on my car and I'm like, man, I have to be aware how I drive because I can drive like a maniac because people <laughs> see the business on the back and they'll be like crazy person driving crazy down the road. And she's with this company. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw her driving down the road. Yeah, like taking <laughs> taking wheelies, like taking turns on two wheels and like all kinds of things. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know why she's in events, but like she's one hell of a stunt driver. I just think that. Oh, I love it. Love it. So, with this, like, okay, look, it's sort of like, yeah, 
you've gone into it's time to close this off Muya. it's like we've been at this for forever i mean we can go on for three hours right hey hey <laughs> like whatever how long it takes <laughs> look, look, you know what like what can i say i can i i can talk i can listen yeah like look <laughs> You, you're supplying some good, like, great information, some great stories here. And, yeah, look, I can, like, talk on if you want. I can end it now if you want. I have the power. All I know, I have to pee really bad. That's all I know. <laughs> I look, I'm not Is that always... good enough reason? <laughs> you know what? I, look, I have to pee too, but I didn't want to say anything. I, like, I'm not, look. Like, I, like, I don't think people say that on podcasts. Do people say that on podcasts? Probably not. You know You're the first person I'm saying this to. And like, yeah, I don't know why. Like, like I don't know. We're getting like this crazy bond on. I look like, I don't Sorry. know. Yeah. <laughs> but still. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, on that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> well. I didn't expect the podcast to like kind of end like this, ladies and gentlemen. We need to bring it up. Come on. This was like, is this the low point? We got to bring it back up. How are we going to bring it back up? Because this is, we can't leave it here. Like everybody's going to imagine now that, oh my gosh. So you're leaving me with this mental image. I'm not sure I am happy about this right now. I don't know. Like, you know who the architect of this moment was. That was <laughs> look, look, I was like, hey, I was keeping it classy above board. Sorry. Look, look, I, I am you. trying to no. be a classy lady. It's just, yeah. it's not always working out. One of my faults. I'm still yeah. working I'm on shortcomings. On about yet. <laughs> I need to tinkle. I admitted I needed to tinkle. And now you're laughing. Look, if you tinkle right now, that's not my fault. That's not my fault. You need to stop. <laughs> I am just a humble podcaster out here in the world, and yes, I've come across you. Oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness! Oh my goodness! Now, Anka, yes, tell the lovely people how they can find you out there. Like, tell them quickly. Tell them like swiftly. Before I got to I gotta say it fast. I gotta say it quickly. She's this is not the people. only thing I talk about when I'm under pressure. But however, when nature calls, nature calls. So you gotta do what you gotta do. So if you do wanna connect with me, the best place is probably LinkedIn. And um, I spell my name A N C A. T as in Tom, R-I-F-A-N, although my company's name is Trifan Events, which is actually a fun play on the way I pronounce my name, because in U.S., if somebody says my name, they usually go with Anasa, Anaka, Anya, Trifan, and that's not really how I say, you know, my name. So then I decided to come up with this um, company name that would be T-R-E-E-F-A-N, like three fan, so that it's easier to pronounce because that's really how I would pronounce my name. And three fan events is also found on LinkedIn. Um, you can f- find me on Instagram under three fan underscore events where I would say stories is where I tr- keep it non-professional. <laughs> I try to keep it professional most of the time, but I have a hard pool towards just being myself and no i did not get raised with like a you know thai type of Uh that's not me like 
So if you want to learn, you know, find me on Instagram stories is where you're going to see a lot of the stuff coming out behind the scenes. Otherwise, my page, I would say it's pretty professional kept because I'm trying hard to keep it tight and, you know, good. But yeah, yeah. those are the two places. Um, Events Demystify Podcast is on Instagram as well if you want to. I give it a listen and this was a lot of fun I am still holding it together so uh, I think wow. it was success it's successful I would say call it a success <laughs> yes uh, as you can tell yes the ever professional anchor yes like yes like, like I am changing colors as you can see so <laughs> I, I, I can feel the sweat coming to her brow. What can I say? Yes, yes, the pressure's on. And I'm talking a little bit more slowly as we go on. You'll not wonder why, because I'm a bad man. I like it. <laughs> I have a plan. <laughs> well, simply say, oh, um, man. Yes, to you, lovely people. I'll put all of her, all of her, like. Not uh, all of me, just the information. Oh, 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 <laughs> wow. Easy, Tiger, easy. All of this her contact details, like this is going, it's gone out of the window. All of her contact details in the show notes so you can find her. Not all of her, just part, just the contact information. So yeah, yeah go out there, like get in contact with her. Like, yes, she needs to tinkle. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, let me just say this to you. Uh, and, Thank you for coming on today. You have been a superstar. And let me just say this to you, my friends, my life warriors. Ah, stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic. Be all the positive bees you can be in the world and then some. Have a good day, guys. I cannot control this lady. God help the world. <laughs> have a good day, guys. Peace.